Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You almost lost it. I did. I seen it slide I'm, through your eyes. I am so tired. I'm still on vacation, man. I I haven't gotten caught up on sleep. Our 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 trip back lasted 16 hours. By the time we drove from Key West to Miami, you know, had to be at the airport early enough because Miami Airport sucks. Right. And then we ended up with a, a four-hour layover in Houston. So we had to go from Miami all the way out to Houston just to get to Nashville. It was So we got home at midnight after starting our day at 6.30 Eastern. So it was a long day, and I haven't made up all the sleep I missed. We just have to all accept the fact that airports are going to suck. So I generally I don't hate airports. Like I, I where else in the world can you get Cinnabon? Okay. If, you, if you're joke. that if you're that big a fan of Cinnabon, I, I mean, I'm just saying like it's it's What do you go to the airport just for the food some days? <laughs> some, well, hey, when I was in Houston, I was able to get Whataburger. So kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, no, but um, but no, so yeah, airport air travel in general because we looked it up. The time it would have taken us to drive was the same as it took for us to fly. Right. Now, granted, we didn't have to focus and stay busy, and that doesn't account for stops and things like that. Right. So it well, definitely some, made the right choice. But Somebody else was driving. Yeah, but, but at the same time, when you look at that on paper and you go, that. Well, that's one of the reasons my rule is usually it's 8 to 12 hours. Anything over 8, maximum of 12, I'm flying. Yep, 12 hours is my absolute line. 10 is my let's weigh this out. Right. I start I start checking plane tickets at 8. Yeah. And all. But, yeah, we're flying to Tampa next week. Our plane leaves at 6.30 in the morning. And we'll get the, um, so we'll have to be at the airport at 5. Right. So we'll have to leave our house at 4. So we'll have to get up at 3.30. Right. So I'll be doing the podcast the night before. And then I might as well just not go to sleep and just sleep on the plane all the way home. Can you do that? I cannot sleep on a plane. I can't keep from it. Really? See, Man, I sit down in that chair, I lean my head back, gone. My wife is the same way. We were we were leaving Miami the other morning, and we, we sit on the flight, and we flew United, which I swear I'll never do again, because the turbulence at takeoff and landing was unlike anything. I swear they were getting their pilots right out of flight school. And, you know, because I've flown a thousand times in my life. I've never experienced anything like this. We So we're going to take off, and it's a bit shaky, it's a bit rough, and I feel her arm kind of flop down. I think she's going to take to hold my hand because it's kind of a, no, she was passed out. Yeah. <laughs> Just sat down, barely pulled away from the gate, out. I don't, if, I don't think I've been awake to the end of three safety speeches in all the times I've ever flew. That's, that, that's so I wild just, to it's me. It's instant. And we flew from here to Alaska. Slip. <laughs> no, let's just... Is you know the flying flight to Tampa is an hour and forty five minutes, yeah. hour and forty three of it. Are oh, you guys flying direct? Yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. This so, isn't the travel cast. Well, why don't we get? <laughs> so I've been making fun of your cigar choice because you, you texted me and said you had a cigar. So. So. I didn't it, know it was going to be one we were going to have to share. Well, yeah, this is a petite Corona, so it's about as small a cigar as I could find, and there's very good reason for this. And you can actually thank my wife for this cigar. And I mean that sincerely. She's still mad about the ghost remark? No, no, I mean this sincerely. (laughs) 
Because my intention was just to buy you one. And she said, no, you can't do that. If you're going to give him one, you have to smoke one, too. Right. So there's a cigar company that's based out of Key West called Point Break Cigars. And they have signage all over the place, multiple locations, because they have a cigar called the Key Lime Pie. Finally, the great taste of air freshener in a pie. Enjoy. That's exactly what we're smoking. Now, I have not seen anything anywhere that indicates this actually tastes like key lime pie, but... Well, I'm fixing to take a whiff of it. If I smell pledge, we're going to have a problem. But I'm joining you in this. Yeah, there's a little bit of a... Yeah, it smells like pledge. (laughs) What is the deal? Why? And and don't say it. And, you know, we were just talking about stupid things people say to us before the show. Right. Every time somebody says something about key lime pie, and I talk about how much I despise key lime pie, they look at me gravely and say, well, you've never had a good one. They don't make a good one, Jagoff. (laughs) (laughs) If they made a good one, I would be glad to have it. See, But they don't make a good one. (laughs) I I disagree. I love it. But, you know, to each their own. I I actually, I'm going to tell you this. I forgot. You and I have talked about Key Lime Pie. I forgot that you hated it or I would not have done this to you. Holy cow. Have you taken a cold draw? No, I haven't yet. <laughs> so the wrapper is Dominican Corojo, the binder is Dominican Allure, uh, the fillers are Nicaraguan Lajero, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, Peruvian Viso, Dominican Peloto, and Brazilian Araparaca. And pledge. And mine is my wrapper is busted. Well, this is oh definitely <laughs> 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 this is definitely not the highest quality smoke that has ever been smoked on the cigar cast. Oh, my tongue's fuzzy. I know, I'm scared to light it. I was oh. hoping I was going to let you light yours first and see if you survived the experience. All right, let's Here see we'll, how this goes. Hold on a second. Rare moment on the cigar cast. We'll light at the same time. It's like a bad acid. Good God, that's awful. Hey, are you getting that hint of flounder? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I just no, got a but bl- I think Sebastian the Crab. I just got a blast of flounder. <laughs> what are the words? Aren't you glad I didn't bring you a Churchill now? <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, oh man. It's so sweet. Yeah, it, I, I'm serious. I, it's literally so sweet. I'm getting flounder. That is... And you know what... <laughs> And as hard as we're laughing about it and smoking these tiny cigars, everybody around here thinks we got a joint in our hand mm-hmm. until they smell it, and then they'll realize that we're we're doing something far more dangerous. It's 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 so interesting. And what's amazing to me is you know they sell a ton of these, and you know who buys the most of them? Probably the people that go visit Key West and know they have a friend back home who smokes cigars who will love this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for all the people who have received this as a gift. Yeah. I'd, this is the, So this is the kind of cigar that I would like to give the guy that invented the automatic turn-off on the Ford F-150. Automatic turn-off? Yes, when you stop at a stoplight. Oh, they cut, yeah. Okay. I will go club a baby seal to death with the leg of a dodo if somebody will get this thing off of my truck. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I don't, you can't disable it. No way, form, or fashion. I've looked up every hack, every way in the world. 
short of taking the steering column loose and buying a particular jump for it, you have really? to push the button every time you turn the truck on. Really? Well, no. So inevitably, I don't... Man, this is making my teeth feel weird. <laughs> inevitably, I don't remember to push the button when I get in the truck and the first stop sign I go in, my truck goes off and I have that moment of, why did my truck turn off? Oh, and then yeah, I remember that's right. it's that. So some, some politician somewhere decided this would save one baby seal a year if everybody's truck cut off at the, at the stop sign and all for the 2.7 seconds. Um, it, it actually tastes like key lime pie. That's what's really this, your scary smoke about it. looked possessed. It's <laughs> it, kind of got this funky green hue. If you, if you get past the sweetness, at least it burns the back of your throat. <laughs> yeah, that's the bright side. Oh, man. Okay, let's talk about a good cigar. <laughs> uh, and, you know, hold on a second. I got to step away from the show again. Young men often ask me the secret to my success as a married man, and I'm always glad to share my experience, 23 years. First thing you do, you don't want to do laundry, screw it up really good. Wreck about six brawls, and you'll never have to wash laundry again. Towel folding, another excellent chance to get out of ever having to fold towels again because there's no two people ever folded towels the same way. Oh, no, if, if for some reason I ever find myself unmarried again, I'm going to have to get married again just to see if there's another way to fold a stinking towel. Just to figure out, I, I, have, I have known three friends that the closest they ever got to a divorce was based on towel folding. Yeah. That, it, that literally she threw them all out of the counter on the ground. Now, Glenda's never done that to me. But I tell my young married friends, find something that's really important to her and then screw it up. And she won't ask you to do it anymore. You can get away with that two, three times. Just to get you through the worst parts of, of, of married life. If you don't want to bring cigars anymore, Trey, just tell me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I just, it was one of those, I had to do it. And, and, and like I said, I, and that's why I say sincerely, no, you, you owe my wife a, a thank you because you could have been sitting here smoking that by yourself. At least you've got company with your misery. That, well, and I will smoke it for as long as you smoke yours. Yeah. Because if I was smoking it by myself, I'd already flung it across the room. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the show with it. I'm, we're we're going to man up. Okay. General Cigar launching Miami-made Cohiba. So this is big cigar news this week. And uh, I don't know why. But everyone's losing their minds over it. Yeah, General's been... Undoubtedly, General spread out a lot of simoleons to get this ad, this ad campaign kicked off. But... It is a Cohiba. It's the Series M. It's going to be shipped next week. And it's made in the Titan de Bronze factory. And I'll 6x52 ring gauge, two binders, pigtail cap, Nicaraguan Corojo cover leaf, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican Piloto and Culo, Cubano Nicaraguan tobacco from Jalapa and Esteli region. See, that, that's what I hate about aficionado. They give terrible, Shoot. terrible... Yeah. Recipes. Just say, hey, binder filler. <laughs> right. Just get, Let's just get to it. So one of the things that's interesting about this stick is the fact that, you know, unlike kind of how we're used to seeing cigars being made where there's a buncher and a roller, the in at the El Titan de Bronze factory, they do it a little bit differently. It's one person. They handle 
the tobacco from start to finish. So they bunch it themselves. They put it together. They roll it. They put the wrapper on it. Um, I, I wonder, does that make a difference? Um, I think so. Because there's no way to blame the other guy. Yeah. You know, if this if this cigar is bad, it's on you. And all. There's really no way to blame the other guy. I actually just lit the wrapper and was going to smoke it a little bit, see if I get some of this sweetness out of it. Golly. <laughs> oh, man, that's and I, but, awful. Okay, are we not past the stage in, in cigar smoking where we need Cuban brands on American cigars? Are they getting the rub at all? Is there any reason at all? I don't... See, I don't have a problem, and I think I miss it. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, and, and I think I misunderstood, you know, kind of what your complaint was. I don't have a problem with the same cigar, like Cuban cigar brands being used, you know, interchangeably with, with stuff that, that's made on other islands that, that we get here in the States. What I have an issue with is that everybody's making cigars that have uh, Maison de Cuba or Little Havana or whatever, and they're constantly making these throwbacks to Cuba. No one who's smoking cigars remembers a time pre-embargo. Very Well, very few people. Like, let's stop the love affair with Cuba. It, it's Everybody in the industry especially will tell you, Cuban cigars aren't that great. People like them because of the mystique, because of the heritage, and because of the exclusivity. Very few people actually prefer the flavor of Cuban cigars to cigars you can get here in the States. So let's just that's, chill. That's, that's kind of my argument is, hey, could this not have been just the General de Bronze or the, you know, something? The, I don't think it's necessary. You know, in the wrestling business, they call it giving the rub. Right. When you take the, so, you know, the most famous evidence of the rub ever actually happened in WrestleMania, which happens this weekend. Um, WrestleMania is this weekend, but. Um, so will you be out of town for WrestleMania? Oh, no, I won't. I'll, I'm not leaving until the 15th. Oh, okay. We got another podcast between now and the time I go to Tampa. Oh, okay. I was about to say, that's not like you. Oh, no, definitely wouldn't do that. But the, um, you know, Chris Jericho actually put Fandango over at WrestleMania in Re- in Fandango's first match. That's the pure... Your ash is actually sticking to the side of the ashtray. <laughs> Holy cow. And that's the rub. That's what we call giving somebody the rub. But do you need the rub in cigars? <laughs> I just don't see it. And all. But anyway, I'm, the pricing on these little extent, little steep. And all. $29.99 per stick. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'll smoke one of these. Yeah, it's still not the most expensive Cohiba either. No, it's still not the most expensive Cohiba, but I'm just not. I don't. I don't see the market here. Yeah. Well, but that's that's kind of us with Cohiba anyway. You know, when the was it the Spectre that they did that was a hundred dollars a stick. Um, you know, that's who they cater to. You know, the the Bahikes are twenty bucks a pop. You know, the well, the Red Dot. You know, the yeah. Red Dot's twenty something bucks a pop. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's kind of—I mean, it's very much on brand for them, and yeah, I do like that they're bringing the production in, like, to the states. I think that's cool. Um, well, I'm far more likely to smoke it because it's from Titan de Bronze mm-hmm. than I am that it has Cohiba. So another new cigar, JR to release Monte Cristo Cinquenta Junior Fiftieth. 
and all, or Sequinta Jr. It wouldn't be Junior, it'd be so, Jr. So going back a little bit, so what would you do with the Monte Cristo? You know, the Monte Cristo brand has been in the U.S. since pre-embargo when they were both. Would you just dissolve the brand, or would yeah. you just stop making new things for it? I would stop making new things for it, and all, and I would probably do that thing. I'd just short it to Monty. Hey, these are Monty's. That's what everybody calls them anyway. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and rebrand it in the new cigars, the Monty White, the Monty Nicaraguan, the you know, just shorten it to Monty. There's no need to keep Monte Cristo going. I give I give a pass to to brands like Cohiba and Monte Cristo because they existed as one brand pre-embargo. They they were both in existence at that time. And so they just kind of continued the market here and they, and they just kind of navigated those waters. Where where I agree with you is when it gets to brands that were not here mm-hmm. and are now being brought over and you could have chosen anything as the name of your cigar and you choose a brand that exists that I, I'm with you but this one I, yeah I don't so you, so you would just shorten it to motto I just shorten it to Monty, Monty. and I'd let that be it and I would I would I would distance myself from the Cuban side and just for the good of my business as well as for the good of Cuba yeah for the good of their business, I, I just distance yeah, myself. I, from I think that. it's that marketing name recognition is it's, playing a huge piece of that. It's somebody that never looks deeper than the surface. Just on the surface, they're like, "Oh, it's a Cuban name, so let's market it as a Cuban as Cuban cigar." I can't do it. But anyway, I can't do it. <laughs> Are you giving up? I'm giving up. I can't do it. Uh huh. Um. So anyway, it's going to be made in the Tobacco La Sera de Garcia factory in La Ramona, Dominican Republic. Um, the recipe looks good. I mean, the recipe is... Um, Dominican Nicaraguan uh, filler, Dominican binder, and Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. So yeah, I mean, it, it does look good. This one also has a pretty steep price tag at $35 a cigar. Yeah, it, it's on up there. And uh, I just, I don't see that being a big... But anyway, now to a cigar I am excited about. Yeah, we've talked about this cigar on the show before. We have. We've talked about the German-engineered NN01. NN01 stands for No Name Number One. And all German-engineered cigars. I'm looking forward to this cigar. I am too. I figure if I had to make a pre-a guess, it's going to be technically proficient. Mm-hmm. And I, I realize I'm playing on stereotypes here. Hey, but the stereotype for a reason. You're probably not going to taste a lot of art, artistry in this cigar. It's probably going to be pretty unimaginative. I imagine it's going to be... It's going to taste like tobacco. Yeah, it's going to be straightforward. Um, One note. It's going to taste like you you met an alien who had never smoked a cigar. Yeah. And described to him what a cigar was. That's what it's going to be built. That's what it's going to taste like. I wouldn't go quite that far, but <laughs> yeah, I no, I, I do. Um, Eight ninety a stick, two hundred boxes of twenty five cigars. So um, they're they're not going to be easy to come by. No, I'm, it's kind of a good time for it to come out because I'm going to be in Tampa, and that's kind of the mecca. And I'll, I should, if anybody's going to have it, somebody in Tampa's going to have this cigar. Yeah. Now, with, with Tampa, because I've not been, is it is it easy to get stuff like this? Or I would think there are so many people rolling their own that that would make it hard to kind of... No, it just depends on where you go. There's okay. some shops where... 
they have they have just their brand and they're rolling their cigar and that's it. That's what you get. And that's the little hole in the wall, six hundred square foot shops. Right. You know, you can get a cup of coffee, you can get a cigar there, and you sit out in front. You know, there's no place in the shop to sit. But then you have your bigger stores, your more corporate stores that have all of the stuff there in the store where you can find some unique stuff, and they got a lounge indoors and all that stuff. And then you've got like we're going we're going down there to see Dennis Prager. Right. Love Dennis Prager, one of the most intelligent men in the country today. Um, really enjoy it. Looking forward to smoking a cigar and listening to him talk about it. And Jeff Borowitz is putting it together with Corona, so it's going to be at Davidoff Geneva in Corona, mm-hmm. or in um, Tampa. So I'm excited to go there and see that, and all, and kind of sit with Prager and do that. Um, he'll have some unique stuff there. Yeah. Here's the question: the question that's bothering me. Is it going to be a Davidoff, or is it going to be an FSG? Because this could be, this is the difference. This is both ends of the spectrum. Davidoff is worst-case scenario, because I don't care for Davidoff sticks. Florida Sun Grown is best-case scenario, because I love the Florida Sun Grown sticks. Right. Either one has even odds. Yeah, it's true. You know, obviously, for Prager coming down and doing this, and the ticket price and all that, he's going to be bringing out a top-notch stick. Right. You get a free stick with your ticket, a free drink with your ticket. It's obviously going to be a top-notch stick, but which end of the spectrum will it land is going to become the big question. I think you're right. I think i got to give this up. Yeah. It's just... Um, it's just awful. Yeah, it's just too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's machine-made. Um, it's definitely not even Swisher Sweet quality. Uh, it's just... The it's, wrapper was falling apart. Like, I, I could almost forgive the flavor if... It had been made well. Yeah, just kind of hints of flounder. Yeah. And uh, sweet with hints of flounder. So let's break a little early All and right. let's go get it, both go get another cigar. Absolutely. And Bef- we'll re- before we go to the break, because it, it, we, we've had to, we've done this before and I want to make sure that we don't miss the opportunity. Oh, we're giving it a one, right? Yeah, it's a one. It's That's a, a, it's a, one. a 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would it's sooner one of those, not smoke. If the grouchy dictator handed it to you and said it's this or the firing squad, you'd think about I'm it. I'm thinking about it. Absolutely. You'd ponder it for a minute or two. I would, too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's step away. We'll be right back. Shane here with this week's Cigar Round 8. So this week, we're going to cover a style of cigar, not just a single cigar. Now, what brought this on is Cigars International had their Brick House Fumas on sale, a pack of 20 6x60s for $54.99. So that's three bucks a stick. Pretty good deal. So, Trey, what is a Fumas? I get asked this all the time. So it's basically a second. Um, It uses a lot of medium short filler tobacco that that isn't otherwise used in a major label cigar. Yeah, so what it is is it's the cutoffs, it's the pieces that are left over when you trim the leaves, when you do everything. But Fumas can be very good cigars. They can, and we have actually we have had some cigars of this style. Not everyone calls them a Fumas, but um, but we've had medium filler kind of uh, leftover tobacco cigars on the show, and we've always really liked them. So I think the trick is if you're going to buy a Fumas. Look at what factory was it rolled in. Absolutely. Do they roll cigars you like? 
you know, and what is their overall quality of tobacco? You know, we spoke about the Titan de Bronze factory earlier. Mm-hmm. They're Fumas. They're about a buck, buck 52 bucks a stick. I bet they're excellent because their yeah. tobacco is always good. I bet these brick houses are excellent. Yeah, I'm thinking about picking up for 50 bucks for 20 or yeah. why not? I mean, how, how can you go wrong? Yeah. So don't shut the door too quickly on Fumas until next week. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from a man. He's the kind of guy that would poach an egg, Mr. Trey Dedman. And I've, I've decided. I have made the official call. Okay. We talked about eggs a week or a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. You are the kind of guy that would poach an egg. Poaching an egg is definitely the most pretentious method of egg preparation known to man. It is. But, no, I have never poached an egg. But you would. Well, the, if the, the recipe it's, it's called inter- for it, sure. It's interesting to me that you pulled poached out of all the millions of ways to prepare eggs. That you pulled poached out. It's just it's kind of like our conversation about euros last week. Yeah. It's it, it just it's interesting that that's the way Did you're I built. Did I say poached specifically? Oh yeah, you said oh I'd love to poach an egg and go for a run. Oh. And I thought. <laughs> That's the most pretentious preparation of an egg. <laughs> no, I'm going to fry some bacon and roll the egg around in the grease and get a big cup of cowboy coffee. You know, coffee smells like you boiled an old cowboy. Right. And, <laughs> no. I had some of that coffee this last weekend. <laughs> I'm going to poach an egg. Okay, so reboot on the cigars. Yeah. So <laughs> first ever. Yeah, first time we've ever both had to give one up in the middle of the show. Hey, we made it four years. That's a pretty good run. Uh, that's a pretty good run. It, it took the Point Break cigar from Key West to break us. You know, <laughs> so uh, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about Key West and my vacation, but I, I could because we had that good a time. Go ahead. I get paid the same. This, so I'm a tremendous foodie, as you know. And we, someone at work today mentioned the fact that I came back without a suntan, and I said that's because I spent all my time inside good restaurants. We ate so well. I think I just undid all of that with that cigar. <laughs> now my memory of that trip is not going to be eating food from a James Beard award-winning chef. It's going to be that disgusting cigar. So what sort of, what sort of things did you have? Okay. Um, Just give me the, the two or three best. Um, two or three best. So uh, are you familiar with James Beard Award? Or just the, the two okay. or three least I, pretentious. I, yeah, uh, I can't do that. Uh, we ate it. I, to- no, I have no idea who James Beard is. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very exclusive award that's awarded to chefs uh, for of various disciplines. Okay. So you kinda, you've got Michelin star, and then you've got like James Beard Award. Like it's a big deal in the chef world. So I had never had the opportunity to eat food from a from a James Beard Award winning chef before. Absolutely blew my mind. Um, fried goat cheese with um, uh, tomato jam, just over a bed of arugula. Incredible. One of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. We also the next day were eating um, at a little tapas place for lunch and had uh, dates stuffed with goat cheese wrapped in bacon, uh, prosciutto. But Who's milking all these goats? There's oh. a lot of goat milking going on down oh, those ways. Did, um, are, do, you, do you like goat cheese? No. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it's one of the greatest foods ever invented. Well, 
I'm not a big cheese fan, right. period. It really has very little to do with the animal it come from. Well, so the thing I love about goat cheese is the fact that, you know, when when we hear people talk about France, and, and one of the things that a lot of people know is that the cheese course in France oftentimes is dessert. And people are sitting here thinking sweet Velveeta, but no, like goat cheese is naturally, <laughs> you just... Sweet Velveeta, save me. I've just seen you hurling down on an airplane toward a mountain. Sweet Velveeta, save me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, my, my folk band is called Sweet Velveeta. Oh, okay. And so, uh, but I just imagine, but but goat cheese is really, like, if you can embody, like, it, it was dessert. We ate it for dessert. It was It's that good, in my opinion. Um, and also, local Cuban hole in the wall where I had to break out my Spanish bakeries for breakfast. That's, right. that's the, I have this, I, apparently it's hereditary. My dad has this uncanny ability to find the best restaurant in any, any city we go to. And, and he's been doing that since before Yelp and smartphones were a thing. I apparently inherited this gift. And so we did the first morning we were there, we got up and we were looking for this local, just sort of Cuban bakery is what I was looking for. Just amazing, amazing food. Dirt cheap, um, best Cuban, best coffee we had the whole time was the Café con Leche that we got there. Oh yeah, Cuba, That's one of the things I'm really looking forward to at Tampa is the Cuban coffee. I I wish, I wish, someone did Cuban food and Cuban coffee in, in Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, well enough to justify because I would I would never eat anywhere else. I love Cuban food. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great it's a great palate. It's a mild palate. It's just an enjoyable palate. But only in, so from the hills, or the... Do you want to talk about what you switched to? Oh, yeah, I probably should. I, I derailed us. That's on me. Yeah, did you even talk about what you... I haven't. I, oh, okay. I, okay, I'm smoking the Buckeye Land. So <laughs> we, I'll just jump right into it. Fine. I, um, we both walked into the humidor and were considering getting something that was kind of a go-to known quantity that we knew we liked. You grabbed an ADN. I was going to go for a Charter Oak and then thought about it. Said, no, I need something really strong and really bold. Something to really overpower and counteract that cigar that we just threw away. So for me, it was a Buckeye Land because this thing packs a lot of San Andreas punch right up front. And I figured that would that would overwhelm my palate enough to, and, and it has. I'm just barely just got it started and it's it's doing its job. Yeah, you know, I went... So, typically, when you think about a palate cleanser, you wouldn't think about a Dominican cigar. Typically, you would think towards something Nicaraguan, just a little bolder profile. But it, it depends, but yeah. La Flor Dominicana, Colorado Oscuro. I've seen those in there. And uh, it's a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. The binder is Dominican in Sumatra. The filler is Dominican Nicaraguan. It's kind of that palate scrubber. And I really needed that palate scrubber. Yeah. And I think if I'd smoked the DNA, I'd have never pushed all of the key lime pie out. Yeah. So what other flavors did Point Break cigars have? I know it wasn't just key lime They had pie. Cafe Con Leche. They okay. had uh, Cognac. And then your, your various, uh, I think Pina Colada was one of them. Um, I think they had Chardonnay maybe or some other like wine flavor. What did the dude look like that was selling them? It was a 68-year-old woman. Uh, that weighed about as much as I do. Okay. So Com- complaining about all the jack wagons, complaining to her about having to wear a mask inside her store. Uh huh. 
Well, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, okay. So now that we got our cigars reintroduced. Owned from the Hillsborough, from Hillsborough County, from WFTS, Tampa Bay. Only in Tampa, a cigar lounge in a place you'd never expect, a historic church. Okay, so we touched on this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I think we just breezed by it because it was more hypothetical then than actual. Well, they were opening. They had some photos inside. Um, but I think I cared more about it than you did. I, I think it... I love the idea of taking historic buildings because th- that's what happened. We got derailed because I love historic buildings, and you were getting up on a soapbox about it. Yeah, so, I'm not really into old stuff. No, and, and that's perfectly fine. But so the idea of repurposing, you know, a building that hasn't seen a live congregation in 115 years, to me, that's awesome, and I think that's exactly. That's bringing new life into into a building or to an area, neighborhood, city, whatever. I think there's something great about that. And to do it with cigars is even better. I think it's interesting. I'm interested to go here. It's definitely on my places to go while I'm in Tampa. We're going to go to the zoo. We're going to go see Prager. We're going to go to Ybor City. This is definitely on the places to go list. And I want to go in there. I want to see. I want to kind of, I guess I got a smell of the stone. I want to see if the stone absorbs any of the cigar smell or if it... Because we did a candlelight tour of Franklin here one Christmas. Mm. And there's a lot of basements in Franklin that are just rock walls. Right. Literally, they were just hewn out of the rock, these basements. And they live, leave the rock there just like it is. And I'm sure they seal it with some, you know, industrial solvent that's probably giving us all cancer. But Sometimes, uh, but the ones that I was crawling in didn't have that, which is why I was crawling in them. You're right. So, um, I, that would be the coolest cigar, the cigar cave. I would love to, to take people down to my cigar cave. Well, you know, in, in France, they store wine in caves because it's a consistent temperature throughout the year. I, you know, if we're talking about aging cigars, that would be a great place. I think it would be fantastic to be able to... It'd be a little humid. Could be, but you could, I mean, you can pull humidity out just as easily as you can put it in. Uh, yeah, but I mean, caves a lot of humidity. Can be. It depends how deep the cave is. It depends what you're doing. I mean, I'm not. We're not saying Ruby Falls here. You don't have to. You don't have to hit the water table. Okay. Well, I was just thinking, storing cigars there might be a little humid. I would probably store my cigars elsewhere and just smoke them in the cave. No, you, you could do that. You could have. No, have you ever done one of the salt cave things? What's a no? You know where they? It's these new. It's the new spa treatment thing is they put you in this salt cave and the salt cave air is supposed to dry you out and I'm not interested even remotely I, I don't know I don't know what the deal yeah. is with it. Hey, somebody out there that understands salt cave give us a call yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know what in the world's go what goes on in a salt cave it just seems to me but they pop it up everywhere you can't you can't hardly look around about it. But speaking of smelling the old brick, I would be careful though because it looks like it's been mostly housing homeless people since the '80s. So uh, be careful which bricks you smell. Make sure you're above eye level. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be waist <laughs> level or higher for sure. And uh, well, it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting place. You know the fact. So once a building, so and, so I want to get a little ethereal here for a minute. Because there's going to be your people that are going to complain about smoking in a church. But once a building no longer has a congregation in it, just because it's church-shaped, does it still make it a church? No, I say I don't think it is because, I mean, I, mean, I, still, I still take my 
the, the place I take my laundry. You know, it used to be an IHOP. You can tell by the shape of the building, like my dry cleaning. Right. It used, I should, I, I'm not expecting pancakes. You can't pancakes. get your underwear washed in a short stack. Yeah, exactly. So, like, no. What, Ironically, what? they call you short stack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, um, but, but now there's a name for that. What's the name for when a recognizable building becomes something else? The, I, there's a there's a there's a proper name for it because there's Pizza Hut buildings, KFC buildings, oh, yeah. You can Dairy always Queens, Wendy's. Wendy's. You can always tell there's a name for that, and I don't know it. I we'll have to you look would. it up after the show because I I've heard it. I thought I've always heard it called the Pizza Hut effect, but yeah. I don't think that's what it's actually called. But I think once a church, now it can still be a place with good with good juju. You know, it can still be a place the where the aura is great. You know. Have you noticed some places just have an aura of good food? Absolutely. Whatever they put in there would yeah. be good food. You know, right. uh, Five Points in Franklin. Five Points Market had amazing food. Then it became Uncle Henry's amazing food. Then it became, you know, and yeah. so forth and so on. Everybody that goes in there of a restaurant, I don't know why they keep going out of business, but everybody that goes in there of a restaurant, it must be good food but not very profitable. <laughs> <laughs> bad service. Good yeah, food, bad service. must be something along those lines. But if you notice, certain areas have that aura. Yeah. And also, it'll be a cool experience to kind of smoke a cigar in there and see how it how it shakes down. All right. So, from Fox 6, Milwaukee. <laughs> COVID-19 vaccine pop-up serve shots at Southside Cigar Bar. Do you and know I, what I'm most surprised by this? So, in the article, the, they're showing a bunch of people sitting outside. Is, isn't Milwaukee still, like... Basically in winter, <laughs> a bunch of people in short sleeves sitting outside in the middle of Milwaukee at the beginning of yeah, the, but you kind of you kind of get a little tougher if you live up there. I guess so. You kind of have to, you know, you kind of get a thicker skin. I can literally. barely sit outside here yet, much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, okay. So they had about 150 doses, 120 to 150 doses of vaccine left. So they just went over to the cigar lounge and said, "Hey, who wants inoculated?" I think that's great. What's next? Do we got wandering bands of commandos roaming around with trank darts? No, but it's better than them going to waste. Because well, because that's the thing with this. Once you thaw it out to use it, if people don't um, make their appointments or whatever, if you have any left over at the end of the day, you have to use them or they or, or they completely go to waste. So I love the idea of walking next door and saying, "Hey, who who wants one? Who wants?" And because they're not forcing you at gunpoint to get it done, it's just if you want it. And it, I mean, I've, I've been looking. You know, it opened up to me as of Monday this week, and it, and I've been looking for an appointment, and I, there are none. So if if somebody walked in from the urgent care down the street, walked in here later tonight, and said, "Hey, we got a bunch of leftover doses. Who wants a shot?" Sign me up. I can see that. I can. It's um. Here's the thing. Why would you, you know, okay, so 120 to 150 doses, that's bad scheduling. It is. That's a, there's no, you know, 20 doses, I can see in a span of a day, 20 people missing their appointment. Yeah. 120 to 150, that's poor scheduling. It is. Um, it, any number of things could have caused that. But but I also wonder in this, I'm going to put my tinfoil humidor on. The, since all of the vaccine came out and they started doing the phases and the things like that. Since day one, you've been able to be put on a waiting list regardless of which phase you fall in. And if they have leftover at the end of the day, then you can sign up to be on the wait list. 
And I'm wondering if there's a certain, at this point, as we're expanding, as the availability of these vaccines is no longer a question, you know, there's tons of it to go around. I wonder if they're thawing out intentionally more so that anybody who wants one at least has access or the potential to get it, depending on what phase they're in. Well, you know, I don't understand the... I don't understand why you wouldn't get it if you hadn't had COVID. Now, obviously, I want to know what, you know, I'm firmly convinced a lot of these side effects that you see people from the vaccine is somebody that either had COVID and got the vaccine anyway or knew, had COVID, didn't know they had it and got the vaccine and all. So what, what, what are they doing in the realm of that? Are you just supposed to take the shot and take your chances? So you and I can talk about this after, after we, we wrap up because there's, I've got a lot of strong feelings about this, and I don't want to get too in the weeds of it. Um, some, some, of the, some of the side effects are definitely uh, showing up to be worse in people who, who got it naturally. But it also goes back to, you know, when you think about, oh, you know, everybody I know, whoever gets the flu shot ends up getting the flu. No, most of the symptoms of viral infection are your body's response to that infection. So if your body's in the process of building antibodies to a virus, it creates a fever. It's, it's not the virus doesn't create the fever. Your body does in response to it. So these side effects are your body's natural immune response. For people who've already had it, they, your body immediately goes into attack mode. They say, all right, we're going to ramp up the fever. We're going to do the this. We're going to do the that. And we're going to kill this thing. We're going to knock it out. So I think, I, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. You just kind of have to understand the physiology of viral infection. Well, I, 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 would, I would like to see a few more articles about that. Instead of, hey, everybody go get the vaccine. Hey, those of you that have had it, here's the chance. Here's, yeah. what, here's the chances you take it. All right, one more article I want to hit, just because this one is, is near and dear to the cigar shop here. <laughs> Gentleman's Cigars rolls into the town. So this is from the Times-Gazette in Shelbyville. So this is a book author, retired bistro owner, eclectic cookbook collector, Daniel Huberry. <laughs> no. Now, Daniel is actually a, a regular frequenter of this shop. Right. He's, he's one of the irregulars. Yeah, he's an irregular <laughs> regular, for sure. Um, now, handlebar mustache and a top hat. He's very recognizable. Yeah, well, I will say this about the guy. He lives the gimmick. Oh, yeah. He lives the gimmick. I never see him in here in blue jeans and a T-shirt. He's always in here. He's always got the top hat. He's always put a little mustache wax on. The waistcoat. The waistcoat. He's, he lives the gimmick. Oh, yeah. And all. So what he's done is he's took a bus and reconditioned it to look like a trolley car. And I think he did a great job. Looks nice, and then it goes around, and people can buy a cigar and sit down in there and smoke it. Now, my biggest problem is he's selling Gurkhas, <laughs> which which I also they is you know, but you know, he prefers to work with what he calls boutique cigar companies. So um, I, I don't think Gurkha really falls into the boutique category anymore. Um, we only mention that because it's specifically mentioned in the article. I'm not just taking the opportunity to take a stab, but. Um, you know, I think we've talked about whether, you know, as you're starting a cigar shop, making the choice between main label boutiques, you know, and how you balance that. I think for something that's attracting as niche an audience as this, I think having that focus on boutique is a great way to go about it. 
Oh, definitely. You definitely have to go boutique if you're going to do something like this. You have to, you've got to have something that they can't go into just any cigar shop and pick up. Right. Now, I've asked Daniel about this, and his response was kind of he would worry about it when it happened. And uh, what's the legality of going from township to township selling cigars? So I used to know somebody who had a, a very similar business model to this in, in Georgia, except theirs was an Airstream trailer. And in Georgia, the way the laws are written, so in Tennessee it's a little different. So in Georgia, the way it's written is, is if you open multiple locations, each location has to have its own tobacco license with the, filed with the state. And so, so it, it, it's why you don't see very many people with multiple locations in Georgia because it's too expensive. Whereas in right. Tennessee, you can your one license, as long as it's all under the same LLC or whatever, can, can serve multiple locations. The reason that they stopped doing the one in Georgia is because that meant whenever she took that Airstream trailer from this location to that location, she had to buy another tobacco license. So it became about, well, I on Thursdays I'm here, on Tuesdays I'm here, but still had like seven different tobacco licenses. In Tennessee, as long as you have a standard location, you're fine under that one license, but I'm sure you're subject to food truck laws and subject to other things, too. I, I well, don't know. Well, in our food truck laws, you have to have a physical location somewhere to run a food truck? You do. And that's, that's what I don't understand about this. It'll be interesting to, see, interesting to see how this goes. So, okay. In a world without rules, in a world where everybody doesn't have a... Every politician you meet doesn't have a, a stick up his rear and his hand out for a bribe, um, this is a great idea. Yeah. Golf tournament? Hey, bring the cigar trolley. Exactly. Sell a bunch of cigars to put to guys getting ready to hit the golf course. Um, you know, wedding, cigar trolley. Hey, we're going to have the cigar trolley here for the bachelor party tonight, fellas. We're going to bring a couple of great food trucks, cigar trolley, and we're going to sit on the banks of the Duck River. Great idea. Uh, and I'll, sorry, I just pulled a river out of, my, <laughs> out of thin air. But... Um, in a world, this is a great idea in a world that politicians don't screw everything up. Right. Do our politicians going to screw this up? Uh, almost, almost undoubtedly. Now, on a separate note, by no means confuse this with, with the gentleman we're talking to. Is this not a great movie in the making? The Cigar Trolley? You come in, but you never go out. No. <laughs> kind of Saul-like. <laughs> it, it runs on Soylent Green. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> sit down in the chair, and just as you light your cigar, clamps come over your arms like a bond. Because in day, Sweeney Todd meets Speed. <laughs> I can only... This is the nicest... In, I only mean this in the nicest way possible to Daniel. He looks like a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he was in a Bond villain, a Bond, a role as a Bond villain, you'd say, "Yeah, I, yeah, I, I buy totally. that." And uh, not, and not just the the apparel. I mean, his demeanor, the way he carries himself, he could be a great Bond villain. And also, uh, I wonder. I'm, I wish Daniel all the best. I hope this really works out for him. But um, I'm going to watch this closely. I want to see what the if the politicians get in the way. If they don't then awesome. Now, the one advantage he has is he is not serving alcohol. Right. You're allowed to BYOB, but he's not going to be serving alcohol. And he had to stay in the article like four times. You must buy a cigar to sit in here and smoke with me. Right. 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we have to state that, really? Un- unfortunately, you and I both know, yes, because there are people that don't just inherently know that. Yeah, so I guess I guess we need to we need to call Daniel and say if you promise you won't make us smoke a Gurkha, we'll come do a podcast from the trolley car. All right. And yeah. all. I think I think that's the that best be move possible. Yeah. As long as he promises we don't have to smoke a Gurkha. And all. So, all right. So, tell them how to get hold of us, Trey. I'm sure we're wrapping it up for the night. Oh, yeah, we are. So, you can reach us on Facebook.com slash TheCigarCast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at TheCigarCast. And email info at TheCigarCast.com. Well, I think my choice was a good one. Mine, too. This is kind of cleansing my palate. I feel it burning away the Lysol and flounder notes. My teeth are still a little... Still a little yicky. Yeah. And I'll... But the... The LFD Colorado Robusto, or Colorado um, Oscuro. Oscuro, is always a good cigar. Slow burning, takes its time. we got plenty of cigar to enjoy after the show while we argue about various topics. Right. And I'll just absolutely, absolutely a five and a half, six, six all day long. Yeah. This, um, I'm not going to rate mine tonight because I can't, it's, I don't remember it. It's been so long since I've had one. I can't remove what the previous cigar from from the equation. I can understand that. So I'm not gonna. It, it's it's serving its purpose perfectly. It's very well constructed. I, I'm enjoying the heck out of it, but I just don't think it. Um, I don't think it would be fair to give it a rating. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.